Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. I heard a story recently of a pastor who was asked for a meeting on a specific day at a specific time. And uh, he responded and said, sorry, I can't meet on that day. It's my day off. Uh, The person who asked for the meeting responded and said, well, the devil doesn't get a day off. To which the pastor responded, exactly. So I need a day off so I don't become the devil. And uh, I thought, man, that's quite apt for my own life. And there's possibly many of you out there who can relate to the story. Now, you may even be feeling like right now you need a day off. Um, Or you are that type of person where you know that if you don't have the day off, you turn into something very close to what that pastor was describing. Or maybe you just haven't taken a day off in the longest time and everyone else around you is busy paying for it. Welcome to you. If you're joining for the very first time, it's great to have you come and connect with us. To all of our church family or or frequent visitors, um, thank you for connecting with us again. We love you guys and looking forward to connecting today. Now, these days, as I'm engaging with people, um, I've seen that, that in general, people have just been tired. People have just been tired. If I'm honest, myself, our home, that has been an ongoing conversation. The problem with this is, it's only March. We're still in the infancy of this new year and Already, there's this overwhelming sense of people just being tired. And in this conversation of people being tired, I'm, I'm really kind of finding two groups of people within that conversation. I'm, I'm finding a group of people who, who do very little or do just about nothing and are really tired as a result. Then you've got another group of people within that group Uh, of tired, who do everything and are tired as a result. Essentially, that first group, they say no to everything. And the second group, they say no to nothing. And in reality, both groups are struggling with the same challenges. They're just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Now, in truth, before we get all critical and and harsh in the moment, it's not hard for us to slip into that. True? It's not hard for you and for me to slip into that space. You see, ultimately, it has a lot to do with where we live from. It has so much to do with where we live from. More often than not, people who struggle with us live from from all kinds of places but but lately i'm finding two areas coming up more and more frequently that people are living from or drawing life from one of two places fear and confusion fear and confusion 
drawing life from this point of fear of 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 fear we, we kind of spoke into it a couple of weeks ago during our during our our um, armco series where we spoke about the the consumption assumption um, go and check that out if you haven't watched it but but ultimately this fear of that there's no tomorrow that I've not prepared enough for the tomorrow that might happen or might not happen but but it, it, that ultimately uh, I work as if there is no tomorrow or I slip into that space of well why work if there's no tomorrow but this this fear that that there's just not enough that there's 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 just uh, no 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 light at the end of this tunnel and then when it comes to drawing life from this point of confusion or living from a point of confusion it's like people are living with a with a distorted sense of their own value that 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 somehow uh, I'm not valuable enough, or working from a point of my work is my worth, my work is my worth. I'm only as valuable as how hard I work or what work I do. Uh, but ultimately, that I draw my worth from how hard I work. The opposite of that being home affairs or the licensing department. Uh, and we love you guys at the licensing department and home affairs. If you do work there, be the change that you want to see in this world. Uh, but ultimately, my worth goes so much deeper than just work. My worth goes so much deeper than just work. Your worth goes so much deeper than just work. The, the the struggle in this in this area um, when it comes to our worth when it comes to our value um, we could also be struggling with it in in other areas where where areas like like where you are finding your value in your to-do list or you are finding your value in your social media followings or in your age or in your appearance or in other people <laughs> or in how far you can run or or how hard and long you can work out at the gym or your grades or the number of friends you have or the names of the friends you have or your relationship status and that seems to be a big one in the day and age that we live in today or maybe your money or the lack thereof and when it comes to finding value in relationships, I, I want to highlight that one a little bit because I'm seeing it more and more and more. That I'm seeing that people have placed such value on who they're dating or the fact that they're dating that ultimately I'm willing to put up with all kinds of nonsense purely so that I can stay in a relationship. Purely that I can stay in a space where, where I can say that, that I'm with so-and-so, I'm in a relationship. Because what it communicates to me and the people around me is that I am loved. And if you're in that space right now, guys, ladies, you are loved. You are valuable. Regardless of 
whoever you're with who's not treating you right or who's not seeing your value. If you're dating someone like that right now, you're valuable. Even apart from them, you are valuable. Don't get stuck there. Hit the eject button. Get out of there. Find someone who sees your value who recognizes how precious and how dear and how how valuable you are. Because in the eyes of God, man, you hold intrinsic value. If you're in a marriage, don't hit the eject button. No, find help. Engage with someone and let them speak into that space. A pastor, a counselor, someone you can trust. But ultimately, your worth does not depend on your work. Your worth does not depend on your relationship status, your grades, the number of friends, any of these things that we have mentioned. There's a a third group of people, though, when we talk about this stuff. The third group of people are a group of people who are Really productive, but living at rest. Really productive, but living at rest. And these are the people that the first two groups of people either highly admire or really envy. Depending on where they're at in life. And if those first two groups of people were living from a point of drawing life from fear like there's no tomorrow or or confusion with regards to a distorted personal value, then this third group of people, they love from a point of passion. They love from, from drawing life from passion. And if you've been around our church circles for for a while or around this church family for a while, you'll know that when we talk about passion for us, We talk about loving God, loving people, and making a difference. Loving God, loving people, and making a difference. And we believe that those are the passions that we need to live out in the moment. That we need to to be passionate about loving God. And that we are, and we are passionate about loving people. And that we're passionate about making a difference. You see, ultimately, fear and confusion... It doesn't have a good track record for producing good things in life. No, more often than not, when you're living in a space of fear, you're living in a space of fight or flight. And fight or flight has never produced anything beautiful. But when I'm living life from a point of living, drawing life out of this healthy passion, man, it produces a life of meaning. And, and this meaning is not birthed in striving, but it's birthed in rest. Now, the Apostle Paul, he, he had something to say about this. He, he spoke into this moment, and, and, and this is what he said. He says to you and to me who are trying to navigate our way through the, the day and the, the culture and the environments that we live in, he says this, he says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life. 
Make it your goal to live a quiet life. In other translations, he says, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Now, as I consider these words, I can't help but just think to myself how many incredible men and women who when you look at them you just you go man they've got it all figured out they've got it all in place you know they've got the beautiful family and the incredible jobs and they've got these values that just speak into all the right stuff and and it's like they are the poster children for kind of the the, the perfect families or the perfect people and then somewhere in life, something breaks. And we see like this fall from grace. And you got to think to yourself, man, how, how does this happen? How, how, do, how do people get to this place? You know, yeah, they, they lived in the public eye and they've, they, you know, this and that and blah, blah, blah. But how do they get to that point? And... I think that Paul's words speak so directly into that space that we should, we, should, um, we should make it our goal. If you're looking for a life goal, here's a great one. <laughs> make it your goal to live a quiet life. And I think that there are times where we need people out in the public space to... to how can I say, be examples and be a voice of hope in those spaces. But at the end of the day, I, I can't help but sometimes wonder if, if maybe their worth wasn't attached to their work. That maybe their, their worth wasn't attached to, to who they were in the public space and what they did out in the wide open world. Or maybe as the great poets Cypress Hill said, Chasing money, power, and fame. Instead of chasing a quiet life. But here Paul says to you and me, if you, man, if you're going to have ambition, if you're going to have ambition, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. If, you, if you're going to set a goal for your life, let it be this quiet life. Well, Ramon, that's fantastic. Have this ambition, do this goal, have this goal, all of these things. But how? How do I do this? How do I do this for my life? And I'm sure that there are several options out there, that there are several ways of going about this. But at the end of the day, as, as myself and, and, and our team, as we were just chatting through this, something kept coming up. Just three things kept coming up. How do I step into this quiet life? How do I pursue this life, quiet life? Make it my ambition, make it my goal. Like, how does that happen in my life? The three things are this. We need to keep it simple. We need to keep it honest. And we need to keep it going. Keep it simple. Keep it honest. And keep it going. Well, Ramon, what do you mean when you say keep it simple? When I talk about keeping it simple, I talk about finding God in the simple things in life. So often we look for God in the big and the flash and the glam and, the, and the, all the 
you know, glitz and glam. <laughs> We're looking for Him in, in, in the big moments. And there's nothing wrong with looking for God in those spaces. But so often we're so busy looking for the big and the bright and the, and, and, and the magnanimous that we miss God in the everyday. We miss God in the simple things in life. I can't help but think of the words in Scripture that just says, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made will rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, this day, we had a yesterday and now we have a today. And it's just finding God in the simple things. So keep it simple. Find God in the simple things. But then also meet with Him in simple ways. Meet with Him in simple ways. Again, Sometimes we feel like God needs some big grand gesture when in reality, what's he wanting? Man, he's just wanting us to meet with him. He's just wanting us to be with him. Meet with him in simple ways. So keep it simple. Find God in the simple things and meet with him in simple ways. Keep it simple and then keep it honest. Keep it honest. If you've been around, you, you, you'll, you'll know that I've, well, on several occasions, I used the phrase, God's not looking for fancy. He's just looking for honest. And that's true. God's not looking for fancy. He's just looking for honest. When it comes to that honesty, keep your conversation honest with God. Lord, I'm having a tough day. <laughs> Life is not going the way that I expected. I don't know that I signed up for this. I need you. I need you. Uh, when we talk about honesty, I think of me teaching my son about honesty. And when we're talking about honesty, I, 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 I'm always connecting respect to honesty. Because if you respect me, you'll be honest with me. And maybe that's a message out there for someone who's dealing with some stuff right now. But if you respect me, you'll be honest with me. So, my boy, I want you to be honest with me as you respect me. And when we're teaching our kids about respect, like manners plays a massive role within that. Think about what your, what your mom taught you or your dad taught you about speaking respectfully to people. What are the things that we say? We say, thank you, sorry, and please. Thank you, sorry, and please. And when it comes to God, when it comes to us being honest with Him, man, we need to say thank you. We need to say sorry. And we need to say please. Lord, thank you for who you are in my life. Lord, I'm sorry for the way that these things are out of balance in my life or how these things have, have what they've turned into in my life. And then please, please will you help me that these things can look more like you day in and day out and then we're going to keep it simple we're going to keep it honest and then we've got to keep it going keep it simple keep it honest and keep it going 
So often when it comes to our relationship with God, just as our relationship with the people around us, we can kind of hit a bit of a, a, bit of a tough period where a relationship doesn't flow the way that we would expect it to flow. And as a result, we can get a little apprehensive or we can tend to just want to throw in the towel and go, oh, well, at least I tried. Um, but in reality, it's those exact moments that we need to be pushing through. It's those exact moments that we need to keep it going. Uh, I love what the author of the book of Hebrews said when they said this. They said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So all of those who went before us, all of those who are coming after us, since we're surrounded by them, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Man, you want a simple life? Get rid of the baggage. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You see, this life that we're living in relationship with God is not a sprint. You hear the author of, of Hebrews, they, they leaning into the fact that this is an endurance. Like, just as in a marriage, it's not a sprint race, it's an endurance. Uh, so, the, our relationship with God is not a, a flash in the pan. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. No, it's relationship. It takes effort. It takes time. If you're struggling, don't stop. Keep going. We've got to keep it simple. We've got to keep it honest. And we've got to keep it going. To come back to what Paul was encouraging the church in, in Thessalonica with, where he said, make it your goal to live a quiet life. He carries on and he says two more things that I feel are quite important within that scripture. He says, make it your goal to live a quiet life. And then he says this, he says, mind your own business and work with your hands just as we instructed you before. So somewhere along the line, he's already had this conversation with them. He carries on and he says, then people who, do, who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. It's amazing to me that he says, make it your goal to live a quiet life. And then straight after that, he says, Minding your own business. You want to live a quiet life? Mind your own business. <laughs> Keep your nose out of other people's business. When I get my nose into other people's business, my life becomes complex and complicated in a heartbeat. I go from chilled out to days of our lives in 2.3 seconds flat. Um, <laughs> Keep your nose out of other people's business. Mind your own business when it comes to the lives of other people. If you're asked to help, get it stuck in and help them. But stay away from gossip. Stay away from talking behind people's backs. Stay away from that stuff. But there's another way of looking at that line. Mind your own business. I believe what he's also speaking into is be a good steward of the business that God has entrusted to you. 
of the work that God has entrusted to you, of what He's put in your hands. Mind your own business. Deal wisely with it. Take care of it. Deal with it as best you can. And then he goes on to say, working with your hands. Working with your hands. You want an uncomplicated life? Work with your hands. What does that mean? Uh, whenever I see this scripture with this line, I, I think of an old phrase that says, idle hands are the devil's playthings. Idle hands are the devil's playthings. When, when, when my hands are empty, the devil loves filling them. Uh, and at the end of the day, ultimately, what, what he's speaking into here is working with your hands, meaning keeping your hands busy with good stuff. Keeping your hands busy with good stuff. Minding your own business. Working with your hands. Doing the best you can with what God has placed in them. And then it says that the overflow of that is that people who don't even believe in God will look at your life and will respect your life for what they see your life producing and the fact that you can live a simple life. It was King Solomon who wrote in the book of Proverbs where he, where he said, it's much better to live simply, surrounded in holy awe and worship of God than to have great wealth with a home full of trouble. Isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? So how do I live this simple life? Well, as the author of Hebrews said, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And then by engaging with Him in relationship, keeping it simple, keeping it honest, and keeping it going. I wonder today, what's your next step when it comes to pursuing this simple life? Where, where do you need to, right now, keep it simple? Where has life got complex and complicated? Maybe because you haven't kept <laughs> your nose out of other people's business, or maybe because of external factors that you might need to address, or internal factors that you might need to address. But where do you need to keep it simple? Or where do you just need to find God in the simple things and you haven't done that and it's time to start? Or just to meet with Him in simple ways? Where do you need to keep it simple? Then where do you need to keep it honest? Maybe you've, you've not been honest to go with God in, in those moments. Maybe you've not been honest with yourself in those moments. And you ultimately just need to stop and be honest with Him. Keep your, keeping your conversation honest with Him. Where do you need to say thank you? Where do you need to say sorry? Where do you need to say please? And then where do you need to keep it going? Maybe you're at a point where you feel like you've given enough and you're about to walk away. I want to implore you to use the old King James. Don't. Don't stop. Don't walk away. Keep it going. 
friend of mine told me years ago, he said, the greatest victories lie on the other side of the greatest battles. You might be going through a bit of a battle right now. The greatest victory that you'll ever experience lies on being faithful through that battle. And on the other side of that battle lies that victory. Keep it going. Keep it going. As we end off this, this session, I, I want to just encourage you with this. If you chase Jesus as hard as you chase the things that you think you need or the things that you think you want, you will find a life lived at rest. A life lived in peace. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for, Lord, just this moment to be able to come and just maybe recalibrate these areas of our lives where we might be not just tired, but exhausted, Lord, because we've been running at a pace that's kind of been ungodly if we're just honest with ourselves. Or maybe we've not kept our hands busy and as a result, we've found ourselves in a space where we where lethargy has, has kind of kicked in and, and as a result, we're feeling that same level of tired. Lord, today we want to come and give you our lives, no matter which end of that spectrum we're in, Lord. And we just want to come to you, Lord, and we want to say, we want to say thank you for who you are. We want to say sorry for those areas of life that we've allowed to get out of sync. Lord, and then we want to just come and say, please, please, will you come and assist us as we work alongside you to restore those areas, and that those areas will look more and more like your heart for our lives as we pursue and make it our ambition and make it our goal to live a quiet life in you. That we will keep it simple. That we will keep it honest. And that we will keep it going when it comes to relationship with you. We love you. We commit these lives to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.